Thank you, Rod, and what a, what a harsh uh, end to, to that verse. Anything beyond this comes from the evil one. We're going we're gonna to begin a, a series today, just, about, just a, about three weeks. I really thought I was just going to do it in a couple, but just really ended up feeling like I have a lot to say about this one. Um, we're going to talk simply about authenticity. We're going to talk about what it means to be authentic, and we're going to discuss this word quite a bit here in just a minute, but I want to um, touch base on a couple of things real quick that I forgot to mention. Um, are you, did you text her, Vanessa? Are you, we're going to, okay. Uh, vacation Bible school is going to happen this year. We're going to have a community vacation Bible school. We obviously were not able to do that last year. And I really was needing to get you that information before, um, next week, but, um, we are, it's, and unfortunately I just don't have the exact week. It's one of two weeks. It's either going to, it's the last two weeks of July. It's one of the last, good. Thank you. So it is the 19th, July 19th through the 23rd. If you want to write that down, you have kids or grandkids that would be interested. We're going to be getting that information to you in the future. Uh, but July 19th through the 23rd will be our community vacation Bible school this year. And I'm sharing that with you to give you the date, um, but to also gauge and see just how many of you we would have interested in being volunteers for that. Um, we're always in, in need of volunteers to put that on, to be honest with you. That's really the biggest reason, the biggest decision we have to make when we decide whether we're going to put it on or not is do we have enough volunteers um, for, for the amount of kids and such that we have. We usually don't have a lot of trouble getting the kids we just have some trouble getting some volunteers. So if you would be interested, we would greatly appreciate it. We'll have some more formal um, sign-up sheets for you next week. But now, uh, so I can communicate with a community Christian who hosts this. This is a Wakoka uh, Vacation Bible School. Um, if you can just text me that you're interested in helping out, um, I would just greatly appreciate it. It helps me to get kind of a projective on just how many volunteers we may have coming from our church. So again, that is July... 19th through the 23rd, July 19th through the 23rd. I see that hand. Okay. Okay. So Vanessa sounds like she's going to be doing some recruiting. Is that what you're saying? Okay. All right. Okay. Authenticity. I have, have been, this, this word's just been bothering me for a couple of reasons, because um, this isn't certainly something that we see a lot in our culture today. Um, as I was just studying this, I was surprised to discover, and this is true, we're, uh, I'm a Bengals fan, and we're all really, really, really proud of, of this statistic. The Cincinnati Bengals provide the most authentic fan experience um, they have the most not provide they have the most authentic fan experience of any other team in the NFL you guys didn't hear about this it's official every year they get to watch the playoffs in the Super Bowl from the comfort of their own home just like every other fan the most authentic fan experience that they have every year and so the reason why this is such a bummer this, this idea of authenticity is because I hear people say oftentimes, I don't even know what is true anymore. I don't even know when or who is telling me the truth. And sometimes we get, we'll, we'll see stuff on the internet. And I was reading a quote. I thought this was a great quote that I found on the internet about the internet. And I think it's brilliant. 
It says, the thing about quotes from the internet is that it is difficult to define their authenticity. And that was by Abraham Lincoln in 1933. So you can know that that's really accurate, all right? So we have this issue with truth right now. There's a lot of venues where we just don't get... Some of you are still figuring out the Abraham Lincoln joke, aren't you? Wait a second. Abraham Lincoln never knew about the Internet. Abraham Lincoln wasn't around in 1933. Pastor Brody, that was a good one. Thank you. I appreciate that. We know that we have, uh, we have uh, things such as uh, our politicians oftentimes don't always tell us the truth. Do they? Do they tell us? Do they always tell? Okay, you're shaking your heads no, so you agree with me. Don't often tell us the truth. They tell us the things that they need to communicate to us, the things that they think we need to hear so that we will vote a certain way. We know that we come to a day where especially our cable news media is not really interested in telling us the truth. They're more interested in getting viewers. And I'm not trying to pick on either side. That's just the reality. They continue to exist because they get a certain amount of viewers that are fed what that that enjoy the kinds of things that they are saying whether it is 100% truthful or there's an agenda behind it or not we and we know that but you know when i talk about authenticity we know that social media has really helped with authenticity right because everything that you put on facebook is true i mean no filters or nobody would ever filter anything and and nobody would ever, you know, express, you know, they show the best and worst moments of their life, or is it just the best moments of their life that maybe they put on there? And so we've, we've got these conflicts. I mean, I don't know about you, I remember, this is kind of emotional for me to talk about, but I remember the dreaded day when I found out that professional wrestling was not real. I mean, just five years ago when I realized this, this was hard for, for me to come to terms with. And so there's, there's some things that are going on in our world today that we can laugh about these things. We can, we can um, recognize that this has become a part of our culture, that we experience things every day that are just not authentic. Can, we, can I get an amen on that? We experience stuff every day that's just not legitimately true. It's not, a better way to put this in regards to the word authentic, it's not the real thing. And because that is true of our culture, we cannot sit here in church this morning and be naive to the fact and say that we are immune to that, that it doesn't affect me because I'm a Christian and I really know what the truth is. Rather, we have to be people who are discerning and and take a moment and take a step back and say that, you know what, I have to be honest, I may very well be affected by this junk. I may very well be affected by much of the deception that is going on in our world today. And so then we have to ask the question of how may this be seeping into 
the church. Could the authenticity of the church of Jesus Christ be slipping because of the example of our culture? Because this has always been the case, even through Scripture, is that we see time and time again the things that you read about Paul addressing in, in the New Testament. He's addressing issues that were relevant to the culture today, and so that's what we have to do in a moment like this, because this issue is very relevant in our culture today. There's a lot of false truths being spewed out there, and we have to take a step back and say, how is this affecting me? And I, am I a man or a woman of God who is authentic, Or am I wearing a mask? Am I spewing forth things that did not come from an original source or the source that I was created to follow? And we're going to revisit the text that Rod read in Matthew 5.33, but before we do that, I want to begin with a word of prayer. Well, Lord, I thank you for each and every one that has come this morning. I thank you that we can come on a Sunday morning And open up the word of God. And have this fascinating reverence for the truth. That God as this word was written thousands of years ago. It is still speaking to us today. And God you have not left us. You are still right here. And ready to bring. Ready to move. Ready to bring about change. If we will only let you. And so Lord we allow you to move. In this place this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Matthew 5.33, I'm going to read it again. It says, Again, you have heard that it was said to the people long ago, Do not break your oath, but fulfill to the Lord the vows you have made. But I tell you, do not swear an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is God's throne, or by the earth, for it is the footstool. Or, for, or, excuse me, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head or your bald spot, for you cannot make even one hair white or black. All you need to say is simply yes or no. Anything beyond this comes from the evil one. I could just spend a whole another tangent sermon just on verse 37, what, what uh, Jesus is saying when he says, and anything beyond this is coming from the evil one. So I want to unpack this just, just quickly this morning as we talk about authenticity. So you always have to ask when you, when you, when you read a text, you know, this, this text is, is, is stood the strength of, of, of canonization. That just means that this is in here for a reason. This is in here for, for reasons because generations after generations believed it needed to be in here. You guys, I'm not speaking blasphemy when, I, when you recognize that there are things that Jesus said while he was here on earth that are not in the Bible. I think you all can understand that. But this one is important. And one of the reasons it was important is because in those days, they were beginning to do something that was incredibly counter to Jewish culture. See, there's a few instances in Leviticus and, in, and, and also some instances in the Talmud where they would say that you should swear an oath upon this or whatever. But, but much, much of that came out of what I say the Talmud, I mean the oral law, uh, ways of doing things that were not necessarily in Scripture. 
that people started adding to Scripture. And so people were starting to get really casual with these oaths. They were being casual. They were adding all these secondary things that you needed to say if you were going to agree to stuff. But they were also getting casual and using God's name in ways that you weren't supposed to use God's name. Now, why this is such a violation of Hebrew, uh, of Hebraic and Jewish culture was because they have this thing that we just don't have in our world today. So you got to go Eastern with me and you got to go back thousands of years with me for a second. But they used to have this thing where your word was your vow. You didn't need all these auxiliaries. If you said something, you meant it. Now, along with that, was the reality, as I've talked to you about faith before, where it says in Hebrews 11.1, 1, faith is being sure of what we hope for, being sh- certain of what we do not see. Faith was never something you could say about yourself in Hebrew and Jewish culture. You couldn't say that I'm a man or a woman of faith. So who could say that about you? Someone else who saw evidence This person has evidence of faith in their life. And so what I'm getting at here is there was this culture long before even the time of Christ that there was no pretending. You were to be who you said that you were because there was an understanding that God knows you. He knows what you really mean when you say something. He knows when you're full of junk and when you're being honest. And why would you even dare try to run from that? Because that gets rooted in the culture where once a year, a priest would stick the, this little bell around his, uh, his ankle, and that bell would start ringing. And he'd go into this place called the Holy of Holies, where, where God actually, the presence of God actually dwelled. And there was a whole system of things that he had to do correctly so that he could go into this temple and atone for the sins of the people. And he had that bell around his ankle. And you know what would sometimes would happen when he would go into the Holy of Holies and he didn't do everything right? Anybody know what would happen to him? He would die. And you know how they would know he was dead? The bell would quit ringing. Oh, darn. We did something wrong. Behind all of that is this reality for each individual that was part of the tabernacle that was passed on from generation to generation and told these stories was that you don't need any auxiliaries. Let your yes be your yes. Your no be your no. The Lord knows you. The Lord knows what you're saying is true. He is ultimately your judge, and one day this is all what is hidden And the inner rooms will be proclaimed from the rooftops. One day this is all going to be disclosed. So let your yes be your yes and your no be your no. So in other words, Jesus is saying, would you all stop it? Would you stop it with this stuff? Let your yes be your your yes and your no be your no. Let your yes be an honest yes with integrity. But recognize, and here's the other part of this that we have to hear. But recognize that there may be unforeseen circumstances that could cause your yes right now to be invalid. Or there could be unforeseen circumstances that could could cause your no right now to eventually be invalid. The reality is that you are an imperfect person 
And you may not completely understand the weight of what is coming out of your mouth, the weight of what it is you are agreeing to because you may not understand, you cannot understand what is next in your life. So how about we just keep it simple and be honest and be people of integrity? What a great word, right? What a great word Jesus was giving. Now people take this Religious people like to take this text and manipulate the heck out of it and just say, well, Christians should never be given any oaths, so you better not sell that, sign that cell phone contract. You know? You're going to better stick with that rotary phone because we can't be signing cell phone contracts. That's against my religion. And I can tell based on your guys' phones, you all agree to that, right? So people do a lot of stupid things with this text, but what Jesus was saying there is very powerful. Let's get back to some authenticity. Let's get back to some authenticity. Because this is such a beautiful word and so much in line with Scripture, I want to define it. And I want to define it with Scripture. So I consulted both Merriam and Webster, okay? And I got their definition for authenticity. But right along with that, we're going to share a a Scripture that aligns with what this definition is. So the first one. First first word defining authenticity. Authenticity is worthy, if you put that slide back up, Nick, I think you're a step ahead of me, maybe. There we are. Worthy of acceptance or belief as conforming to or based on fact. Let's just read it one more time before you put that scripture up. Worthy of acceptance or belief as conforming to or based on F-A-C-T, fact. Here's a text that tells us about, this is what Peter stood up and said um, just a few days after Jesus ascended to heaven. He said, seeing that what was to come, he spoke of the resurrection of the Messiah, that he was not abandoned to the realm of the dead, nor did his body see decay. God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of it. Exalted to the right hand of God, he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and is poured out. He has, he has risen, he has ascended, and he has poured out his Holy Spirit. And it's what you now see and hear. Peter, in that moment, is attesting to the authenticity of what Christ has done, to the authenticity that these things have really happened. And i got to believe that all of you here in that church, in this church, get this one or else you wouldn't be here. We believe that Jesus Christ rose from the dead, and therefore now uh, his spirit, we have access to his spirit um, because of of the, the life that he gave us through the resurrection and the death upon the cross. The next one, next definition according to Miriam Webster, conforming to the original so as to reproduce essential features. Conforming to the original so as to produce essential features. We're going to get back to that word original in just a moment. Keep that one in your brain somewhere. What is is the original? I'm going to tell you that in just a little bit. But here's an example of this one, Ephesians 4, 22 through 24. It says, You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self. Created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. There is a conforming that must be take place. There's something that needs to be made new in our lives. We see that word new there multiple times in that 
text. The third one. Third definition of what it means to be authentic. Made or done the same way as the original. You know, so what do you have, before we even go any further, so what do we have when we think of this word authentic? You know, what, what are you thinking of? The first thing that comes to mind, I, I want to get your answers in just a second, but for me, maybe you think of like, I don't know why I think of this one, but I think of like a Louisville slugger. Like there's a certain, uh, there's a certain way about a Louisville sluggers that they were made. They can't put that name on it unless they were made a certain way in Louisville and then got distributed from there. Okay, that's a baseball bat for any of you that don't know, okay? Um, we used to have these things when I, we were kids, well, I'm sure, and they're still there for sure, but, but every time people would come to school with their authentic NBA jersey on, that means that they made this just like they do in the NBA. It is authentic. It's the same one that they're wearing, so I quit wearing those a couple weeks ago, but, but they have, but those are things that, that was like authentic to me. We have this, um, good, my kids aren't here. Me and Mandy found, so you guys know a Fiesta Charo in, in Eaton, right? Yeah, that's, that's like a Mexican restaurant, like a Mexican restaurant, right? There is an authentic Mex- Mexican restaurant in Oxford that I don't know what it is. Whenever we go there, we are like blown out of the water because their food is so much better. Like they make it in a way that is so much more fresh, so much more natural. So I'm, I'm, tr- I'm really selling all of you on a t- commercial right now to La Burrito Local in, in Oxford. You will not be disappointed. I embarrass my wife whenever I go there because... I just stopped for a second. He's like, guys, this is great. How do you do this? What is it that you do different than all the Mexican restaurants? So I say that because my, my kids don't know that we go there sometimes. We tell them we're picking up groceries, and then the two of us just, just go to this restaurant for a few moments. Um, what do you think of when you think of something that's authentic? What's the first thing that comes to mind? Authentic what? 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 Blue jeans like Levi's. Levi's make them a certain way. And now they, they have authentic holes to put in, and they have to be, they have to be authentic holes, you know? There's nothing authentic about those holes, is there? <laughs> Anything else? What else do you see that might be authentic? Huh? Watches that are made a certain way, okay? Say that again. I gotcha, I gotcha. So that's the brand. It's, 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 it's the brand means it's made a certain way, and that name cannot be on the brand unless it's made that way. All right? Any other examples before we move on? What I'm trying for you to get here is that, well, we'll get to that in just a minute. It's not as much about perfection, is it? It's a matter of it being made a certain way. And here's this, this third thing. Made or done the same way as the original. And this is what we see in, in 1 John 2, 6. Whoever claims to live in him, referring to living in Christ, must live as Jesus did. To be an example from the original. Next one, just just two more here. Next one is not false or imitation. Not false, not an inaccurate, better put is good with uh, uh, Sandra's example, not a false imitation. You can't be putting that name on it if it's not the real thing. An example in James 2.17, I love this one. In the same way, faith itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. In other words, it's not faith at all. You can say you have it as much as you want to, but according to Scripture, you don't have it. Man, let's sit that one for a minute. That's a tough word, right? 
Faith is not something just to be idealized. Faith is not something just to talk about. Faith is not something just to read about in Scripture. Faith must be something that we do something with, that we initiate action. And we think of that action like, you know, sometimes we go quickly to evangelism or serving someone, but it also can be with how you deal with your emotions, how you communicate with people, how you wrestle with things and how you overcome things. Is this just words on a page or words on a screen for you? Or is this authentic? The last one. True to one's own personality, spirit, or character. True to one's own personality, spirit, or character in Romans 12, 4 through 6. Here's what it says. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, So in Christ, we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. And if your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. Now, here's what's beautiful about this one is it says, go back, go back to that last, go back to the point there that we see in that verse. It's, you're good, you're good right there. True. To one, that's one of the definitions that Merriam-Webster gave in the word for the word authentic. True to one's own personality, they use the word spirit or character. So as well as it's conforming to an original, it's also being true to who you are. And so we shared that verse about how there's many different gifts and many different personalities in the bot in the body that we're not supposed to be conforming to someone else's model. We're supposed to be conforming to the original model. We're supposed to be who God created us to be with the personality that he gave us and and be authentic as we are created to be. Does that make sense? So this is loaded with truth, loaded with truth, this idea. And it's scary because we have a culture that is slipping so far away from this right now. We have to be people that are humble enough to allow a change to begin with us. Now, here's the biggest misconception. The biggest misconception about authenticity. Authenticity is not about being perfect. To be, the, the, the misconception is that to be authentic is to be perfect or without flaws. This is a misconception. First John 1.8 says this, If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. So although I think that Mexican food is incredibly authentic, and it always will be to me, I just might get a, a fingernail in it one time, okay? It doesn't make it any less authentic. Maybe it makes it more, right? It was made by a real person with real fingernails. But it doesn't mean it's without flaws. So what I'm trying to say is you can be authentic and have imperfections. You can be authentic and have flaws. And here's the other misconception that I feel like some people say or think about when we, when we talk about this. I don't have this one on the board, Nick, Nick but... But authenticity does not mean that one has to hurt someone or be rude in an attempt to truly express the way that they feel. And we love it when people say, I'm just being honest. 
Um, what's that other thing we like to say? No offense, but, yeah, right, you mean to offend. Yeah, that's why you said that in the first place. No offense, but, uh, and so that's like our precursor, because I'm about to say something really rude and really honest, so I will feel better. I know it's not going to have any constructive purposes with everyone else, but on it, I will be exhorted, and I will feel better about myself. You don't know anybody like that, do you? We don't look in the mirror sometimes and notice that about ourselves. And there's no question, guys, that, that this may be authentic to your feelings. And, and we need to have safe places and have some of the best people to share our feelings with. But this attitude is one that points back to you and not to the original model. So let's just hash that out before we close this morning. So what is the original model? I'm going to get weird and a little bit weird in my theology here for you for just a second. So we've already talked about what it's not. The first one there, Nick. It's not our culture. It's slipping, church. You see that, right? Your source of truth is not going to come from turning on MSNBC, CNN, or Fox News. Your source of truth is not going to come from there. Your source of truth is not going to come from everything that you read in the paper. Well, we don't have paper newspapers anymore. What am I kidding? It's not going to come from everything you read on the Internet or, or, or on Facebook. We have to be men and women that know what the source of truth, the original source of truth is. And so what, as our culture is slipping, so, so what is the original source? And uh, I don't, you, you, maybe shout, you don't have to shout out an answer, but I know something's probably on top of your mind. And so let's put God, let's put God first. But I put a question mark next to that because, well, sure, that's true. There's some truth there. God is the original source, but every person in this room, you all came from the original source. You all came from the original source. So one person, one person came from the same place that you did. We're all, we are all in doubt here from our creator And so everyone comes from God in some way, and all of us have God-like characteristics about us. So it can get a little confusing there when we use that word, because that is a word that that is the part of the personality that points to our creator. So there's three people in the, there's three personalities in the Trinity, right? And what's the next one? Jesus, right? Well, that's a pretty good answer too, but the problem is, we used to, we love these bracelets, right? What would Jesus do? Great bracelet, great concept. I'm all about it. However, I, I got to believe if you've been a Christian long enough that you've been in a context in your life where you just can't find an exact example for what in the world Jesus would do in this case. Like you ever tried to pick a new job? You ever tried to pick out uh, you know, what your, what your, what your house is going to look like or how much money you should spend on this versus how much money you should spend on that. Can you get those kind of answers in the Bible? So there, Jesus is a great original model, but there are some times when we might be needing something a little bit more personal, something that fits right in there with our personality, something that the Lord knew about when he ascended in Acts 1.8 and he said, I'm going to send somebody to you. I'm going to give you an original copy of myself for you that, that is, can transform you, that can empower you, that can bring about change in your life. Who am I talking about, church? The third person in the Trinity? The Holy Spirit. Amen. See, this is what we got to capture today. The Holy Spirit in you is the true original model 
of authenticity. See, whether you're ready to admit it or not, man or woman of God, there's something authentic in you. There's a lot of garbage there too, but there's something authentic in you. If you are ready to receive it, there is the, the, it, when we yield to the power of God in our life, and there's a lot of things maybe that we want to say at times, but we must let that whatever is lovely, whatever is noble, whatever is pure come forth from this vessel. Whatever is resolved, driven, driven, we must be authentic to the presence of God on the inside of us. You ever capture that just for a moment? You've got something that is real. You've got a grace that has been imparted to you by the living God. Authenticity is part of your potential. We live in a world that, in a culture that is shifting to be predominantly fake. And it is very easy, it's almost impossible to go about your day without being fake in some ways. And it's very easy to slip in a, in, in a mode where that becomes normal, that we're always pretending in some ways. We're not really being true to ourselves. And so with being true to ourselves comes the power of the living God within you that's ready to work in your life if you will let him. And so there's a quote that, I say all the time to you that I'm going to change up just a little bit today. It says that the Holy Spirit can work through you as much as you want him to. You know the next line, don't you? In fact, he already is. The power of God is within you. And is working in your life as much as you will allow him to. So today in this moment, we can recognize that there's some yielding that still needs to take place. I come here to church and I I call myself a Christian. It's not because I've arrived at anything. I'm actually more qualified to be a Christ follower because I'm imperfect. I'm actually more qualified to be a Christ follower because I fail. And, And because I have the humility to recognize that I fail. Come on, we, we might get that, that that actually, that's what qualifies us more than anything else, church. Do you get that? Repentance is the point of which God can bring about some change in your life. Pride is the, is, is the thing that he spent so much time having to deal with, with all these silly religious Pharisees. And it's pride that so often stands in the way of the work of God in our life. But when we're willing to repent, when we're willing to realize that we need the spirit of God in our life, he can do something in us. And so next week, we're going to explore this a little bit more. We want to talk about authentic worship and want to talk about authentic values. And maybe answer the question, if we are a church, what could make us an authentic church? Is it the building that we have? It's an authentic church building built in 1923. Is it that we worship a certain way according to the original, original brethren model that was introduced to us back in 1923? Is it that we pray the Lord's Prayer the right way? You know, we don't say transgressions in the Lord's Prayer. Whoa, we say debtors here, okay? Is that what makes us authentic? So where does the authentic authenticity of our church come from? Should that expression best be, have the most to do with the people who are here?
See, as I close this morning, I just want you to close your eyes just for a second, and so we're going to conclude with a word of prayer. See, when we can, when men and women of God can come to the terms with the fact that we're called to be authentic, it's actually a relief. It can be a relief for you today. I can be on, you can be honest about where you are at with the Lord. You do not have to pretend. You don't have to wear the masks that everybody else does. You don't have to spend money on things that everybody else does because this says this is what you're supposed to do. You don't have to have all the stuff that everybody says that they need to have. You don't even have to do all the things that people do. That If you're not doing these things, you're really not living life and you're really not having a good time. You can be honest about where you're at. You can be honest about your imperfections. And it's the most beautiful thing because his power is made perfect in weakness. Lord, we thank you for your word. We need you so much more than we need the wisdom of man. We need you so much more than we need to watch another episode of the news. Lord, we need you more than we need to scroll through Facebook. We need your wisdom, Lord. We need your affirmation, and we need to allow you to do the work that you want to do in our life. So in a place like this, We don't have to speak about that rhetorically or metaphorically. Right now, all across this church, when when I say that, the work that he wants to do in your life with so many different personalities in this church, what is that work for you? You answer that question to the Lord and just say, yes, Lord, I hear you. I hear you. I hear what you're speaking to me. I know where my weakness is that, Lord, you're ready to work in my life. All across this room, have you? you don't have to lift up a hand. But have your moment of yes with the living God. Yes, Lord, I hear you. Yes, Lord, I hear you. Yes, Lord, I'm ready to respond to you. Yes, Lord, your ways are better than mine. Lord, forgive me for all of the ways that I, I create barriers. You don't ever do this, but I do. I create barriers for you. I create ways to give myself excuses. I, I, I create ways to go upon my life as normal when, when you are ready to work in my life. So, Lord, thank you this morning for your interruption. Thank you that you have not left me alone, that you sent the power of God to dwell within my heart and work within my life. Thank you for your presence, Lord. Thank you for your power, most of all, Lord. Thank you for your love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I invite you at this time to stand for your benediction this morning. I remind you that next Sunday will be our... Um, our council meeting, reaffirmation Sunday and council meeting. So you can just make some room in your schedule, stick around just a little bit longer after church. We don't plan to keep you here very long. Those meetings go pretty quickly, but we thank you for being here. We hope you're able to join us uh, next week as well. And your benediction, may we be men and women 
with spiritual authenticity. Not perfect, but yielding to the Holy Spirit in our life and communicating life with integrity and honesty. God bless you. Have a wonderful week.